Welcome to the Portionality Podcast, a curiously sermonic podcast playground for adulting over 30. Because let's keep it real, life will keep lifing with swift transitions, but together we can honor the moments we are in and keep on living. I am your host, Portia Williams-Gates. Join me every Wednesday as we grow and live together. You know, every now and then, someone will ask me, you know, on the side, they'll pull me to the side and they'll just say, "Um, Pastor Portia, I'm just curious, what do you think about homosexuality and the Bible? Well, beloved, first of all, as a member of Alphabet Mafia, I am not a Bible scholar, but I am a theologian. And so I don't typically take a stance, so to speak, on what the Bible says as someone who does not claim to be a Bible scholar, but I am a theologian. And I do have a response. But before I get there, I just want to welcome you back to the Portionati Podcast. I am your host, Portia Williams-Gates, and I am excited for this episode as we are talking about pride. We are talking about pride. When this episode airs, it will be Pride Month. And so we are going there, all things rainbow capitalism and rainbow washing. We're going to talk about the Stonewall Uprising, and we are going to talk about my view and perspective as a theologian as it relates to the queer community. And so, yeah, if you have not done so, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast that you can get an update whenever it uploads and make sure you are sharing it with someone, okay? Because this is a good one, okay? Wherever you are listening, make sure you are sharing with someone, okay? Because we are going there and we are going to have a good time, okay? So let's get to the nitty gritty, right? Let's just get into some historical facts. First and foremost, we know that Pride is celebrated every June, right? Because June of 1969, the Stonewall Uprising happened when some police officers, and I'm paraphrasing here, when some police officers came up in the joint, right? Came up into the Stonewall Inn and was really causing problems. And the people decided to fight back and say, you know what? Not here. You know, you're going to let us be free. You're going to let us live and we are going to live in peace and we're going to live freely and be who we are. And y'all not coming up in here. And so the Stonewall uprising was as um, a result, right, of police violence and police policing. Okay. And so this was a response, but it's always important to note Some of the key players like Marsha P. Johnson was a key person in organizing the uprising along with other queer people of color. And we have to absolutely recognize that pride is a black and brown Latin movement, okay? We have to recognize that if you want to do any kind of movement, make any kind of noise, any kind of protest, you have got to include And make sure you get the narrative right that this started at the hands of black and brown people, specifically black and brown women, black and brown queer women. Okay, let's call it what it is. And we have to remember that all black lives matter, including all black, (laughs) all black women lives matter. And this includes trans black women. Okay, and we would not have pride Okay, come on, somebody. We would not have pride if it were not for black queer women, if it were not for Latin black and queer 
women. Let it call it what it is. And so I just want to (laughs) say, I know one thing, we need to stop whitewashing pride. I'm going to get to rainbow capitalism and rainbow washing in a minute, but we need to stop whitewashing pride. That means putting (laughs) white, specifically white men, because that's also a form of patriarchy. Okay, and we need to stop pouring whiteness around what has originated as a black movement. And let me say this. This is why womanism matters, because womanism, which starts from the uh, experiences of black women, it is to say we make space for everyone. Pride is a womanist movement. And why is pride a womanist movement? Because it comes out of the experiences of the most marginalized body, which is that of the black queer woman, and it makes space for everyone. So to all the white men and to all the white folk who enjoy pride, who, you know, are part of the alphabet mafia and who are queer, you know, do not forget Do not let this racialized violence that you have internalized within yourself. Do not forget that you would not have pride if it were not for black women. If it were for not Latin women, if it were not for black and Latin queer women. Okay, so we really have to understand that. Okay, now let's kick it up a notch. You know, in terms of whitewashing pride, we also have this other layer of rainbow capitalism and rainbow washing of pride. Somebody might be said, girl, what you talking about? What, what's, what's this language? OK, I, I like language. I like defining the terms. OK, so rainbow capitalism and rainbow washing. Right. They're, they're synonymous terms. This is when, if you notice, every June, you know, they start sneaking in around May, but really every June, you see these big corporations start rolling out their merch that's like full of rainbows and pride and all of the queer language and trans language and just saying, you know, hey, look, we're supporting the queer community. We're we're supporting the LGBTQIA community. When in fact... They are not really supporting. (laughs) They are actually trying to make a dollar, okay? Because capitalism, you know, believes in free market and capitalism is all about trying to make money, right? That everybody can make money, right? So capitalism is always trying to make money. Rainbow capitalism specifically is about making money off the backs and off of the experiences of LGBTQIA plus people. So these companies are publicly supporting pride, right, with rainbows, but yet they're not putting in any work in the behind the scenes, which means their organizations are not actually concerned with the well-being of queer and LGBTQIA people, okay? Like they're not actually invested in the well-being. They're not actually allowing their companies to take a stance to make sure that the LGBTQIA community has its resources and has access and has um, everything that they need when they're working and also within the greater community with broad-based organizing. So these organizations are giving money not to queer communities. They're giving their money and showing support a lot of times to these ultra conservative politicians that care nothing about queer bodies. Do you know, let me tell you something. If you ever want to follow something, follow the money. Do you know how many organizations and big 
Fortune 500 companies are giving and donating to these political campaigns of some of these really staunch right wing conservative Republicans and who are really embedded in this idea that being gay or being queer or being a lesbian or bisexual um, homosexuality in any form is a form of sin right and they're preaching that and they're believing that with their campaigns and these corporations that many of us shop at are supporting and pouring their dollars into that and so I say during pride month actually really every day of the year if you ever want to support the queer community you need to pour in your dollars into the lgbtqia plus community and i'm just being real right if you're going to support actually give money to organizations that were founded and started and and helmed up by queer people point blank period like do not keep giving money like do not go to the red sign (laughs) and go the red sign y'all know the red sign you know the bullseye there we go do not go over to the bullseye (laughs) the great archer do not go over there and start buying up all the queer stuff and all the pride stuff in their store knowing good and well that money is getting ready to get cycled and funneled into this next election campaign because we see 2024 is rapidly approaching and we see a lot of republicans who are supportive of book bans who are supporting um, the abortion ban who are supporting um, to to basically desensitize and to discriminate and even isolate and alienate queer people So a lot of these campaigns are doing that. And so you have to really, really, really be mindful when you're shopping and when you're spending your dollars that you are not supporting these organizations and these giant companies, you know, with their pride merch who are really not supporting the LGBTQIA community and they're not taking a stance. So that is so important, like truly And sometimes we don't even realize that even though a company will put a rainbow flag out, that they're not really showing a commitment to the cause. Anybody can put a rainbow flag outside. That does not mean that people are actually invested in the well-being of other people. Anybody can put a black pride flag out during Black History Month. That does not mean they care about the well-being of black folk. Anybody can say that they support Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders during the month of May to say that they support and they're really not right anybody can say oh autism awareness and they're not really invested in the well-being of autistic children and people who are on the spectrum anybody can say that they support you know fill in the blank how do you know sometimes that people are not really supporting like they say they do Look at the books, look at media, look at culture. What areas, what places are trying to censor the books, trying to censor TV, trying to censor the films, right? We're seeing the TikTok ban. The TikTok ban isn't just about who owns TikTok globally, right? A part of the TikTok ban is also because a lot of Gen Z, who are part of the one of the most freest generations we have ever seen in history, are using it to communicate as a tool and they are educating each other 
And there's so much information that is free and right, okay, free and correct on TikTok. And some people are really feeling threatened. So like we got to shut down this platform. And allegedly the state of Montana has already decided to move forward with the TikTok ban, right? And it's like, what? Like you want to ban a social media platform. You don't ban a social media platform because of who owns it. You want to ban a, a social media platform because of the power that it is using to educate and to mobilize people. And anything that starts to mobilize people becomes a threat. That is why people don't like pride because pride is a resistance, Pride is resistance. It is a protest. It is a commemoration of an uprising that was a form of resistance. Anything that resists the empire is now a threat. TikTok is a tool that is becoming a tool of resistance toward the empire because of the information and who's uploading the information on the platform. Anytime someone becomes a person of power or a movement is influencing power, for instance, like they're shadow banning and they're uh, pulling people off of Instagram and closing down people's accounts because for some reason they're becoming too radical and they're, and they're being censored on these platforms and the algorithm is not pushing their content. And so what am I saying? I am saying that it's mindful, one, to become a part of these communities where people are being supportive and that that are not tied to the social media platforms, which is why I had this podcast, right? I create content that's not uh that's not genesis genesist, right? That is not created um in its origination on social media, but that is created outside of social media and then it's promoted on social media, right? It is not in its genesis starting out on social media. This podcast is started on a podcast and I'm pushing the content out, right? So I own this content and it's important to note that, right? These platforms own your content when you publish your content, but that's another podcast for another day. In terms of what is happening in terms of these movements, these platforms are becoming huge and people are now being connected and forming community as a result of the information that's being pushed on these platforms, and people are really, in, in a sense, forming their own underground railroad and their own underground communities. They're becoming a network of information sharing. And that is a beautiful thing. And so that is why some of these corporations and some of these politicians are feel threatened by social media because they know that the power really rests inside the hands of the people using the platform. And if we voted like we <laughs> like we use social media, we could really, really, really change some things. But, you know, of course, we all know that the system is broken. So what am I saying? During the month of June and every month, right, be mindful of what corporations are pushing and where you are spending your dollars, especially if it does not have the well-being of said, you know, fill in the blank group of the month in mind, right? If they're not really investing in the well-being of people and it's just somehow just another reason to do campaigns and marketing and another reason to push a sale, be mindful of that, right? And always follow the dollars. Like where are people's coins going? I'm not someone who likes to count coins of other people, but I do like to know where my elected officials coin is going in terms of where's the money of the United States going, right? Where are the monies of like 
people's campaigns like where is it coming from who's funding this a lot of the stuff we see during election season someone is funding it go find out who is funding it and a lot of these corporations are funding right-wing conservative people and when you get conservatism being promoted in the media and funding the media and funding you know people and politicians who do not support well thought out journalism you start to get these other spaces right that hello somebody you start to get more uh these religious spaces that are also influenced by some of the things that our government is doing and can't nobody tell me that the u.s is not influenced by the church and that the church is not influenced by the what's happening in the states like in the nation I really do believe that this right wing nationalist white evangelical way of religiosity is seeping into really free liberating spaces and sometimes that narrative starts to take control and you wonder was this Ooh, I'm gonna say what how I feel it is this a black institution or this just a white institution in blackface and what do I mean by that you start hearing these commentaries on homosexuality being a sin right and then you start hearing things well maybe you should love you know I can't stand what people say, you know, hate the sin, love the sinner, because that's actually not liberating. That's actually um, confining and that's still hurting people. When we say things like that, oh, you know, love the the sinner, hate the sin like that, 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 that's not helpful. And we really need to stop preaching that during Pride Month. And we really need to stop preaching that about queer people um, and homosexuals altogether. Like we really need to stop preaching that like that, that, that's not good. And that's not biblical and that's not of God. I'm going to just say it like I feel it um, because it, it just it just not right. Um, I did mention that I'm not a biblical scholar. When I say I'm not a biblical scholar, I do not hold a Ph.D. in Bible. That does not mean that I am not well rounded in Bible. And that does not mean that I don't know my Bible because that's not that that is not what I'm saying. I do know my Bible. I do read the Bible. I do engage in Bible study. I am saying that I am not a Bible scholar. I do not read the Bible in its original language. I do not read um, the Bible in its entirety in the way that it was first originally given in the language that it was given because I read the Bible in English and we all know that the Bible was translated through human hands and many human errors were along the way. So, you know, is the Bible fallible Infallible? You know, we're not having that conversation today, but, um, you know, I always have thoughts, but I will say this, you know, the Bible was communicated to very human people who are imperfect, right? I mean, it is it, it just what it is. Um, and people may turn this off and may debate me on that. And that's OK. You know, I love you anyway, with the love of Jesus. Like, that's just how it is. But what I'm saying is I am a theologian, which means I have thoughts about God. I have conversations about God. I have conversation and I think about God based on the experiences of myself and what I see in the world and how God is moving. So I am a theologian, which is literally God talk. It's the study of God, specifically study of the Christian God. But theology isn't just for Christianity alone. Okay, great. So glad we got that on the table. So as a theologian, I do not debate, you know, biblically the exact wording of what we have in our English translated Bibles. 
I do not debate that because I do not read in Greek and I do not read in Hebrew for the original language. I do not. I know a few words in Greek and I know a few words in Hebrew. I do, however, as a theologian, I theologically believe based on my experiences and my understanding of God in the world and as a contemplative and as a mystic, I have understood that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And I believe that God is love. Therefore, love is love. We understand this love is love declaration for the LGBTQIA community, right? And as a member of Alphabet Mafia, I believe that love is love. I believe that God is love. And therefore, perfect love, right? Perfect love casts out all sin. Being that, therefore, being queer is not sinful because it is another form of love. To be a queer person is another form of loving. It is a form of love that has derived from the greatest love that is of God. And anything that has love involved is not sinful. Anything that has love at the core is not of sin. Some would say, well, what is sin? For me, sin is anything that disrupts relationship with people. Anything that disrupts and tries to come between the connection between God and people, anything that tries to come in disruption between people and people and tries to cause harm, I believe for me, Portia Williams Gates believes that that is sin. And so for me, I do not believe that homosexuality is sinful because it is a form of love. Love in any form cannot be sinful, point blank, periana, right? And for me, right, because I'm going to say, well, what about gender? You know, because that is also a thing, right? For me, God transcends gender. God is not exclusively male. God is not exclusively female and God is a spirit. (laughs) God is spirit and spirit simply means breath. Do you know that spirit means breath, which is why we have the Holy Spirit, which means holy breath. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Spirit means breath. God is the breath. And if you have breath in your body, it essentially means you have God. You ever go to church and they'd be like, everybody, let everything, let everybody who have breath praise the Lord. Because if you have breath in your body, you are connected to God. If you have breath in your body, God is within you. And if God is within you, God will not fail. And you will not fail as God is continuously within you, right? Because breath is God. And if you have breath, you have God. Queer people, And trans people are essentially divine as straight people are divine because they have breath. And anyone who has breath has the power of divinity within them. That is how I see that. If you have breath, child of God, you are divine. And that is for everyone. And I truly do believe that nothing can separate anyone from the love of God. I honestly believe anyone who is living and breathing, who has breath in their body, is not void from the love of God. And God welcomes everyone into God's own community. That is how I feel. And that is my experience. That is my contemplative understandings around it and yes when I say contemplative understanding which means I still myself long enough I put myself in community long enough I put myself in community with the spirit long enough and I hold and I sit with my breath long enough and I commune with my breath long enough to be able to get these insights and anyone can become a contemplative 
It's about intentionality. And so in my findings, I then go bring it back to the greater community, which is you all or whatever space that I am in. What are my findings? What are my learnings? And how do I share it? So this space becomes me sharing my findings out of me being in my contemplative space. There is no podcast without Portia being in contemplative space. That's just how this works. I literally sit in contemplative space before I approach this mic. And it is I allow myself to sit with God long enough to understand some things that clarity comes about. And so I'm naturally just an information gatherer, which is why theology works for me. Right. Um, and there are so many ways of engaging God and engaging Christianity and great engaging religion um, and being a theologian and a contemplative is one of those ways that I am able to do that. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> um, those are my thoughts about God. And so I absolutely believe in the revolutionary Jesus um, and which is why I say that pride is a form of protest and a revolution because I think about Jesus is someone who believed in revolution and changing the landscape and speaking to the powers that be. So therefore, pride is a divine assignment because it speaks to the power that be to let the powers and the government that be know that people cannot be moved. People cannot be shaken, that police brutality will not be accepted. It is a form of bringing Christ consciousness into the world, quite frankly. So my theological belief is that celebrating pride and its true form is to bring Christ consciousness into the world. It is to bring the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of Christ into the world to say, this is harmony. This is love. This is unity. This is a, a, a way of resistance against the evils that try to divide God's people. Um, and that's what I have for you all today. And I do hope that you will continue to share this podcast and that you would continue to be mindful of your spending dollars where you are giving things um, just in the month of June specifically, but even beyond that, right? Just be mindful of where your dollars are going because everybody ain't doing right by your dollars. Um, so do invest and give where you know your money is going to be maximized for the best, okay? So I love you and I thank you for listening. You can follow me at Portionality and Portionality Media on social media. You can also connect with me by way of email. You can always visit the website, www.portionality.com. Um, and you can book services if you're interested in podcasting. You can book services with us. We are accepting new clients at this time and we would love to see you. So, and oh, and if also if you ever want to give to this podcast um, to continue to fund this podcast and doing what we're doing over here at Portionality, um, you can give by way of the PayPal link donation in the description box. And we're even going to set it up on the website, um, prayerfully really, really soon to make it easier um, for folks to donate to this podcast. But thank you so much for listening. I love you, love you, love you. May God continue to bless you, keep you in God's face, continue to shine upon you and to go forth into the world and do good and to do great and to continue to love one another as God has also loved you. Blessings. Take good care. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>